Come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see you this morning. Uh, we had a great time, a wonderful time yesterday. And I really encourage you, especially those of you that weren't able to make it, to please, please, please get the, the booklet, the CDs, the DVDs, whatever form of medium you can be able to use to get the word of the Lord. The reason is significant uh, is because the Spirit of the Lord was talking about you and was talking about me and was talking about the church itself. God's intention is for you and I to experience victory. And victory doesn't just exist because you are born again. There are people that are born again that are still living in defeat. So you can come to know Christ and yet don't know God itself. And that's two different things. To know Christ is your heart believe and your mouth declares and you become born again and you get translated from one kingdom to another kingdom. But to know God is different. It is a sense of intimacy that demands sacrifices, commitment, and loyalty to the things of the Spirit. And one of the statements that I made yesterday that was very key is you can only function within the degrees of light that you possess. You can't function beyond that. It is only that degree of light, meaning the revelation knowledge or the insight that you have of God, that's the degree that you are going to function in. So if you want healing, if you want to be delivered, if you want freedom, if you want to advance in the things of the Spirit of God, it is bigger than just coming to church. You're going to have to know God himself and make a personal commitment in your relationship with God so that you can accelerate and you can enjoy the high life of God. Isn't that cool? Hallelujah. Amen. Now... If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to track with me to three scriptures. What I'm going to be doing in our three services is I'm going to be dealing with certain parts in our three services. So I will encourage everybody of each of the services to eventually get the CD or the DVD. Because uh, I want to be able to make sure that each of the services gets a part it's just a part, not a full, but when it's all completed, there will be a fullness of aid, all right? So John 10.10 10 is a very simple scripture. And then the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12, if I'm in my church, in my house, if I'm in a conference, I'm a lover of God's word. It makes a big deal to me. The entrance of his word giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple mind. He sent his word and the word that was sent was the word that brought deliverance and healing. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. So the more you elevate the word of God above every circumstances, you are privileged to be able to receive a breakthrough. The third scripture is Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. John 10, 10, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, and then Matthew 16, verse 19. I want to talk to you on the dynamics of open heaven. The dynamics of open heaven. 
And I want to focus on the keys to opening the heavens when the heavens are closed over your life. In our work and in our relationship with God, whether you know it or not, uh, there are often times where the heavens get closed over the life of a believer, over the life of a church, or over a region itself. So you know God and you know Christ, and yet nothing is happening in your life. The promises of God are not being manifested. It is almost a degree of excitement without any impartation that takes place. That's an indicator of a closed heaven. But now track with me, God's desire for the believer, meaning you and I, is that we experience open heaven. Open heaven with a transaction. Transaction simply means open heaven with a manifestation. When the heaven is open, there ought to be a manifestation. In Matthew chapter 3, the Bible talks about how Jesus Christ himself was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. And the moment he was baptized, the Bible says that the heaven opened. And when the heaven opens, there was a transaction. The transaction was the voice of the Lord. And God says that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In Genesis chapter 28, we see the picture of an open heaven with transaction. Jacob stumbled into a place that eventually became the place called Bethel. Originally, it was the city of Luz. The Bible says he had a dream in that spot and there were angels that were ascending and descending. And Jacob was able to say this was an access to heaven, meaning there was an open heaven. In the book of John also, we see Jesus declaring the indicator of open heaven. So for every single one of us, God's desire is that the heaven stays open on your behalf, but also there is manifestation. The manifestations of healing and deliverance, the manifestation of prosperity and breakthrough, the manifestation of whatever promises of God. So when an heaven is closed, it is an indicator that the enemy is working on your behalf. Now what you have to understand is many believers don't experience an open heaven because of a lack of revelation concerning certain truth. Please hear me. You will never operate in any dimension of truth that you don't have revelation in. You can can quote it, you can dance around it, you can actually speak it, but you will never be able to walk in it if you don't have a revelation in that truth. Revelation is not just something that you read. Revelation has to do with light that comes into a scripture that the scripture becomes your personal thing and when the rubber meets the road, when you are sick, when you struggle with finances, you have family issues. It is upon those revelation, knowledge, truth that you stand on without fear, without doubt, without unbelief to be able to extract the victory that you need. Are you listening to me? That's why being born again, being born again is more than just coming to church. You will only operate in that degree of revelation. So in order to be able to do that, there are two key things that you have to understand. 
Number one, you must understand the operations of the heavens. The operations of the heavens itself. That means open heaven and close heaven. And then you have to understand the mechanisms of these heavens itself. It's really amazing because to most believers, they really don't understand about the heavens. That every dynamics that happens in your life is really based on the condition of the heavens that is over you. He said, if the heavens is open, things happen. If the heavens is closed, nothing happens. He said, you are going through a phenomenal season of growth. And the reason for that is because the heavens is open over you. There were moments in this ministry where it seems like nothing was working, nothing was clicking, and all of that. Because for a season, the heavens was closed. Now the heavens is open. And when the heavens is open, things begin to take place on your behalf. Number two, you must understand the keys that activate and that opens the heaven. So when the heavens over your life, over your business, your family, the church is closed, you have to understand what closes it and how to open it. If you don't understand that, you'll be a good Christian that never have the opportunity to really enjoy the blessings and the benefit of God. It's almost like someone who comes to church and rejoice over the things of God, but the things of God never become a reality in their life. Now watch now, because it is important, John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 is a simple scripture which we have, at least if you are born again from your inception, it is one of those scriptures that is quoted to you. But oftentimes we quote it without a sense of revelation and an understanding. And this very particular verse is really dealing with the indicators and the author, the indicators and the author of a closed heaven and the indicator and the author of an open heaven. So Jesus is talking to the religious group of people. He says this to them. He said the thief, that was the first statement. Every other statement there has to be understood within the context of that word, the thief itself. And the thief within the context is religion. Religion is attributed to Satan. It's attributed to the devil. So we can be able to conclude that the thief there is the devil or the Satan itself. So he said the thief itself, Satan itself, he comes to do what? To steal. Then if he can't steal from you, then he will kill. And if he can kill, eventually he will destroy you. But Jesus says, but I came, the author of open heaven, I came that you may have life, but that you may have it more abundantly. Now let's look at that scripture itself that you have been familiar with for a prolonged period of time. When you look at the word death thief, everything is based on that word death thief. When you understand who the thief is, that his job is to make sure that the heavens over your life is closed totally. That is his job. And the way he does it is to steal, to kill, and to destroy itself. And so the enemy doesn't have any new tricks. He doesn't have any new tricks. The way he operates with any believer, any church, is based on these three words itself. But you have to understand what they mean to really understand the intention of the enemy over your life, over the life of a church or a ministry. Number one, he says, the intention is to steal. In the Greek, the word, uh, the word they steal is the word called klypto. Klypto is from the word kleptomania. A kleptomania is 
is someone that have a neurotic condition to steal or to take what belongs to another even when there is no need to do that because of a condition. So the Greek refers it and explains it that Satan is a clipto. If you ever live in major cities like New York City like we live in or Moscow in Russia or Paris in France or Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia these major cities have crimes. If you go to New York City for the second street or 14th street that gets really crowded you see a lot of pickpockets. That's what the Greek is saying. A pickpocket they come close to you without you even knowing. They can pull your wallet just like that and you don't even know your wallet your money or something significant to you is already taken and the only way you find out is when you get back home. That's a clip to and that's what the Greek is saying. But to the believer, how does the enemy clip to you? How does he steal from you? He steals two ways. Number one, he steals by injecting negative thoughts into your mind. He injects negative thoughts. God gives you promises and God declares you to advance and you rejoice. But the enemy comes in, drops a negative thought in your mind so that you don't believe the promises that God has spoken to you so that he can eventually take it from you. The second way is to inject negative belief system. A negative belief system becomes the foundation of how you live your life. Once you operate on a negative belief system, there is nothing God says that you can ever, ever embrace in your life. Because the enemy's intention is to make sure that the promises of God never become a reality in your life. The enemy knows you can defeat him, but he has a strategy in place so that you can be defeated. If the enemy cannot clip to you, if you are able to protect the way you think and maintain a right belief system, the next thing that the enemy will do is to kill you. Now, the word kill here is not taking life. That's not what it means. In the Greek, it is the word called tuo, T. H-U-O. Tuo is very special. Tuo simply means this. To sacrifice, to surrender, or to give up that which is precious to you. Please, beloved, hear me. The intention is to take from you. So this is the job of the thief. The thief comes to clip to you. He can clip to you. So now he has to tuo you. He has to tuo you now. Now, how does he operate it? He has to convince you for you to give up and to surrender and to sacrifice that which was much precious to you. So once upon a time, your marriage, the ministry, your job, the business, the promise of God, we are all precious to you. But for some reason, now you have been too. You now are convinced to relinquish the very thing that was once precious to you. How does the enemy do it to the believer? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12, it says when hope is deferred, it 
make the heart to become sick. Have you ever seen a sick heart? When what you've been believing God for, maybe it's healing, maybe it's deliverance, maybe it's prosperity, maybe it's a change. What is it that you've been believing God for? It has taken years and years and nothing has happened. All of a sudden, the spirit of frustration comes in and you become convinced now that God is not going to hear me and you end up what? Relinquishing, giving up that which is precious to you. Are you still breathing here? Are you still breathing? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That the enemy's strategy is very, very subtle. That when he's stealing or crypto in you, if he can't crypto you, he makes sure that he comes into two of you. And the way he does it is to convince you that God is not with you. God did not hear you. Nothing will take place. And then you end up giving up the promise. You give up your hope. The second way it does that is found in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. The Bible says, don't be weary in well doing. When you are doing what is right, you're obeying God. You're relating to God. The enemy shows up and tells you and says, wait a minute, you're doing all of this thing and nothing is taking place. You get to a place that you become worn out. Yesterday we dealt with the spirit of weariness and we looked at the spirit of divination, the author of weariness. And the enemy takes advantage of it. You give it up. Notice he couldn't pick your pocket. You couldn't take what belongs to you because you kept your wallet. And he says, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to convince him to give me the wallet. But if he cannot kill you, he has to go to the third thing. And the third thing is to destroy you. The Greek word for death, destroy, is the word apolomi. Apolomi simply means to trash a thing. You go back to your apartment and you find your apartment is trashed or to ruin something or to make something unattractive. So notice how the progressive method that the enemy is using. So the enemy wants to make that thing that was once attractive to you not to be now attractive for one purpose alone so that you can what? You can give it up. The marriage was attractive at the beginning. The ministry was attractive at the beginning. The relationship was attractive at the beginning. But now the enemy came in and he has Apollomi. So when you read John 10.10, 10, this is what Jesus is trying to convey to you and to the religious people. He said, hey, 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 wake up. He said, the heavens is closed this way, and this is the tactics that the enemy uses. He comes to steal. So protect your mind, protect your thinking, protect your belief system. If he can't steal from you, he's going to try to convince you out of frustration to give up the very thing that was once precious to you. You may be here this morning and the progression is taking place. The enemy is probably stealing from you and maybe it's probably is now trying to kill you or is trying to destroy you. All of his purpose is to take from you what belongs to you. Then Jesus showed up and he says, I want you to hear me. He said, but I came, I came that you may have life. Okay? I came that you may have life. 
Now, but the life Jesus is giving you is the Zoe life. Is the God kind of life. Is the life of vitality. It is the life where you live above the serpent. The serpent is the indicator of the enemy. Where his power cannot be able to destroy you because of the strength of Jehovah God working on your behalf. But he says, I came that you may have it, but that you may have it in water. Abundantly. That word abundantly means perisus in the Greek. Perisus simply means the remarkable life, the striking life. Have you ever seen a person and you say, this is a remarkable church. It's a remarkable person. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The spirit of God touching your life, working on your behalf. That's the kind of life that God wants you to. So when you look at the scripture, Jesus points to a close heaven that is orchestrated by Satan. And then he points to an open heaven that is orchestrated by him himself. The choice is you. If you go under a closed heaven, then the thief does what he needs to do. But if you function under an open heaven, then the life of God begins to function on your behalf. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Translation. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury. The heavens, notice the word heavens with an S. The heavens to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall never borrow. He said, that's the life of an open heaven. That the Lord God opens the heaven. He opens you to good treasury. When he opens you to good treasury, he releases rain. Rain is indicator of fruitfulness. The absence of rain in scripture is the presence of barrenness or a closed heaven. So every time God punishes Israel because of sin, the heavens close itself. No rain, no dew, which means they are functioning under a closed heaven. But then when God begins to bless Israel, he releases rain itself. And when rain comes, the sun shines, everything begins to grow and become buoyant again. Are you listening to me? So the question is, what is an open heaven? What do we mean by an open heaven? Beloved, you have to understand this because it is imperative that you walk in this dimension as a believer, but also corporately. The days are here now that the Spirit of God is working on our behalf. And the Spirit of God wants you to operate in this dimension so that you can be able to testify about the greatness and the goodness of God on your behalf. The question is, when last did you experience a breakthrough? When last did you experience an intervention of God in your life? When last can you be able to say, God began something and God completed it? Now, let 
me give you two understandings of an open heaven. Number one, an open heaven is simply a divine portal. It is a divine portal that is created or established by the Spirit of God. It is a divine portal that is created and established by the Spirit of God over a people, over a place. It could be a church, over a business for God to make transaction. So whenever God wants to make a transaction in Livingstone, God opens the heavens. Whenever he wants to make a transaction over your family, he opens the heaven. Whenever he wants to make a transaction over your region, he opens the heaven. And when the heaven is open, things begin to happen. And anyone that is outside of the vicinity of the open heaven, don't experience what is taking place. It's not your goodness. It's not your strength. It's not because you did anything too good. It is because a season arrived and the curtain is open. The heavens get open. The rain is coming down. And all of a sudden, God is blessing you. Okay? Now, what is a closed heaven? A closed heaven is the absence of a consistent God manifestation. The absence of a consistent God manifestation. Meaning the promises of God isn't taking place in your life. You get excited, you quote the scripture, but there is no breakthrough. It's very frustrating. And there have to be a point in your relationship with God that you have to press in into God. Wait a minute, why isn't this happening? If God is God, why isn't there no healing? If God is God, why isn't there no deliverance? God will not be angry with you when you question certain things. The spirit of hunger in a believer makes them question something because they want to see change itself. Understand this. No inquiry, no discovery. No inquiry, no discovery. Every time you find successful patriarch in scripture, like David, like Moses, you know, like all of the apostles, they inquired of God and God gave them a discovery. You will never discover what you never inquired. It is the secret of success and victory. So when something isn't happening in your life, don't just take it to be so. Inquire of the Lord and God will respond. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 21 verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 21 verse 1. Very key. The Bible makes clear in this verse of scripture that for three years, for three years, for three years, there was famine. The indicator of famine was because there was no rain, there was no dew. King David, a man that is after God's heart, did not even realize that something was wrong for the first year, for the second year. He took the third year for him to realize that we are under a closed heaven, that the nation itself was under a closed heaven. What about you? How many years is it taking? How many months is it taking that nothing is working in your life and there is a closed heaven and you've not taken the time to inquire? Well, the Bible says uh, there was a three-year famine in the days of David, year after year. Your business, year 
after year. Your marriage, year after year. Your family, year after year. Just the same problem over and over and over again. And to some people, it's not three years. It's not even six years. It's not even ten years. It just goes on and on until you've learned to tolerate it. What you tolerate becomes what is established. Whatever you tolerate that the enemy is working in your life becomes what is established in your life. But the Bible says, and David inquired of the Lord. I said to you, no inquiry, no discovery. God wants to talk to you, but he won't talk to you if you don't inquire. The Bible says, David inquired of the Lord. Then the Lord did what? He replied him. He spoke to him, it is on account of Saul and his bloody house, for he put to death the Gibbonite. He said, the reason you have a close heaven over the land is because of what Saul did in his zeal. The reason the marriage is not working is because of this. The reason the business is not clicking is because of this. The reason the church is not growing is because of this. The reason nothing is happening is because of this. No inquiry, no discovery. And so if you never inquire, the heaven stays closed on your behalf. If you understand what I say, trust first, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. You have come now into that dimension of understanding that I will lift you out of the circumstances that have held you in bondage. And I will cause you to shift and begin to see me and know me in a great way. The next statement I'm going to make to you is a very powerful statement that you must understand. Remember I said this to you at the beginning. No revelation, no application. No revelation, no application. Because it is what you have a revelation in that you will walk in. You can never walk in the truth that you don't have a degree of light in. Okay? Now, there are three types of heavens. Three types. One, two, three. Three types of heavens that exist. And in these three types of heavens, they are governed by laws. There are laws just as America has a law. This heavens has a law, okay? In the book of Job 38, 33, the question was asked, do you know the laws of the heavens? For the laws of the heavens govern the laws of the earth. See, the laws of the earth doesn't govern the laws of the heavens. It is the laws of the heavens that governs the laws of the earth. But if you don't understand that dimension of functioning from the heavens to the earth, you will find that you will not be able to dominate the earth itself. The earth has no strength because everything that exists here was based on the laws that was established of the heavens. So if you are going to defeat the enemy and if you are going to ascend and begin to receive from God. You must understand the laws of the heavens. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule upon the earth? 
Can you take the ordinances? Can you take the laws of the spirit and enforce it on earth over sickness, over depression, over discouragement, over your region, over demonic spirit? They are established for that purpose. So you can dance and shout hallelujah, and you don't have this revelation, the enemy will defeat you because it takes the laws to govern it. Now, rushing real quickly, three heavens that exist, three heavens. The first heaven, I don't have time to go in depth because of the service. The first heaven is what we know as the atmospheric heaven. The atmospheric heaven. All you need to do after the service is to go out, look up, you see the bird flies. Or you may probably see the plane flies. That's the atmospheric heaven itself, okay? And that atmospheric heaven, can I come down? Can I walk down? Okay, that atmospheric, <laughs> okay, that atmospheric heaven itself is governed by the law of lift. The law of lift governs it. The law of lift is, is the power that supersedes gravity. And when you study the book of Mark, the book of uh, Luke, Jesus defied the law of gravity itself. The Bible says he died, and what did he do? He rose again, and he defied that law. But then, what you have to understand, that is not as significant. It's the second heaven. The second heaven is the firmament. What makes the second heaven a big deal is because that is the resident of Satan. That's where Satan lives. That's where principality lives. Every evil advancement against you, against the church, comes from the second heaven. That is his hold. So when the enemy has to attack you and defeat you, it functions from the second heaven. The third heaven is the heaven where God lives himself. When you die and you are born again, you get translated, you go to the third heaven. It is the place of life, the place of strength, the place of power, the place where the angels live and they operate from. I want you to pay attention to this, very important. When the heavens is closed over your life, when there is no rain, when there is no dew, when the enemy satanic spirit is operating over your life, it is because the second heaven is dominating the third heaven and the first heaven. Of these three heavens, uh, is it clear to you? The, okay, okay. Just bob your head and say, yeah. Okay, very important. The third heaven is supposed to be the most powerful heaven. Okay? Supposed to be the most powerful. So, the second heaven shouldn't be powerful. The first heaven shouldn't be powerful. But when the heavens is closed over your life, when there is a demonic power working against you, it is because the second heaven is dominating the third heaven that's supposed to be the most powerful heaven and the first heaven. And the reason he has the audacity to dominate it is because you open a door. So if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and you go from verse 1, the Bible says, and it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all that is written therein, then your God and my God will lift me up and lift us up above the nations of the earth. 
The second heaven is activated by the law of sin and death. The third heaven is activated by the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. So there are laws that governs it. So when you walk in right and you please in God and the doors are closed and the enemy tries to come against you, the third heaven itself rises up and it dominates the second heaven and then dominates the first heaven and the heavens is open over you and God begins to walk on your behalf and signs and wonders and miracles and breakthroughs begins to take place on your behalf because the third heaven is dominating the the second heaven and the first heaven. But when you disobey him, verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, but if you will not obey me, if you will not obey me, if you decide to go your way, I can't force you. You open that door. Now the second heaven, which is the resident of Satan, which is where the demonic spirit resides, come over and say, I got a right to dominate him. I'm going to dominate him. I'm going to dominate the church itself. And the third heaven can't do anything because it is the law of sin and death. And these laws, they all govern the heaven. The law of lift for the first heaven, the law of sin and death for the second heaven, the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Are you still breathing? Okay. That is why it is important, beloved, don't play church. Coming to church is not just getting excited or punching a card. Coming to church is to have an encounter with Jehovah God. It is to make sure that you grow in the knowledge of the things of the Spirit of God so that you can be able to live a victorious life. But if you take church to be any other thing and allow the second heaven to dominate, you will walk in a closed heaven. You will get frustrated. You will get mad and upset and begin to wonder, why isn't anything happening in my life? I don't know if I ever told you the story, but uh, I tell this story often. I think I probably said it several times. I'll repeat it again anyway. You know, it doesn't matter. My wife and I, to this point, we've been married for 35 years. 35 years. Okay. 35 years. One of the most loving women. See, I'm an African. I'm from Nigeria. She's an American. And just the gelling together is just something. Okay. So we never have a fight for the 35 years but we've had a lot of intense conversations. <laughs> I mean intense, really. Lots of intense conversation. And in these intense conversations, she's always right. And I'm always wrong, okay? And because of her personality, kind of really calm. 
Just a calm person will not argue with you. So on this one day, we had an intense conversation. And we were talking, and she said, okay, honey, if that's the way you want to see it. And she just lovingly went to the bedroom and went to lay down, and she was sleeping. Immediately after that, I started to have this stomach condition. It was so horrible. I really thought I was going to die. And the first instinct was, as an apostle, as a preacher, someone that has prayed for someone, I started rebuking the devil. I bind you. Lose your hold. Went through all the mechanism, all the truth that I know. It looked like the more I pray, the more it got worse. Now you got to understand now. Now the second heaven is dominating the third heaven. Okay? He's dominating the first heaven. And Satan said, I got the right to do what I want to do. I got the right because you opened the door. And my friend, the Holy Spirit, said to me very clearly, if you will go to the bedroom, if you will tell your wife you're sorry, apologize and report yourself, you will be healed just like that. And how many of you know when you want to be healed of something, you can be desperate? So I rushed quickly to the bedroom. She was fast asleep. I said, honey, 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 I did it. It's me. I'm the cause. You know, I mean, I was expansiating and telling everything. That, yes, it's me. That, yes. Now I'm desperate to be well. I'm desperate to be here. And she, she got up and she said, honey, that's not a problem. I've already forgotten. I said, no, 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 no. Wake up. You got to wake up. Okay. <laughs> You got to wake up because I got to make sure. And so, and so now I'm desperate now. now. Now she woke up. She said, okay, 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 I forgive you. I love you. And she went, boom, back to bed. Just as she did that, the pain was gone. At that moment, the third heaven rose up and start dominating the second heaven and start dominating the first heaven because the door was closed. And once the door was closed, the permission slip is now given. The permission slip is given to the third heaven now to walk on your behalf. Because these are laws. You can shabash, 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 and play, pray in tongues all you want to. It doesn't change the law. You could sing hallelujah, 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 and scream. It doesn't change the law. There is the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus that governs the third heaven. But there is also the law of sin and death that govern the second heaven. And there is the law of lift. And so when the heavens is closed, one of these laws are working on your behalf. And when the heavens is open, one of the laws are operating in your life. And I pray this morning that it will be the open heaven that is operating on your life. Stand on your feet even now. Come on and lift up your hands. Glory to God. I want to believe God with you. And I want you to come to that place in God where the, op where the heaven is constantly opening. Constantly opening over your life over the church, the ministry, your businesses. And if for some reason the heavens is closed, the Holy Spirit tells you the reason. Ask him to forgive you so that that door can be closed 
so that the third heaven can begin to rise up on your behalf and to overwhelm and defeat the second heaven and the first heaven. Father, this morning I pray for your sons and your daughters. I ask that your power will show up in this place, in the life of every single believer. And I pray that dramatic miracles and healing and deliverances will begin to take place. Father, I command causes to be reversed. I command pain to go. I command habits to be broken and to be, dis to be destroyed. I command the spirit of freshness to come upon you. Everyone that have heard the sound of your voice, I command the spirit of freshness. Father, a commitment, a dedication to you, to your ways, to your dimension of functionality. Thank you, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Hallelujah.